Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to episode 12 of the Audio Files podcast. I am your host, as always, Quinn, and with me is uh, the baddest dude in the game, Griffin Holt. <laughs> Do you pre-prep these, or are these in the no, moment? No, these are okay. all, all off top. <laughs> okay, because they're, they're, they're getting good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is. All improv, baby. Uh <laughs> And I apologize in advance for all of our listeners out there. Uh, I have come down with a little bit of a cold. So if you hear my voice squeak or any sort of nasaliness, you're just going to have to deal with it because uh, daddy what ain't an a miracle worker. Yeah. Can't make myself be- fixed overnight. So uh, we'll do it live. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're back. We're, we've sort of switched now. Uh, and I, I realized, I thought I made a post about it. Uh, I don't think I ever did. And, or I thought I was going to make a story post. You know what? I didn't. But uh, we're doing the show every two weeks at the moment. Album releases have sort of slowed down. And um, I'm currently in a busy season at work. So we're doing every two weeks. But you know what? That's it's a little bit better. We have a little bit more time to ruminate on some of the things we're talking about. Um, and this week we've got uh, four new releases, three full lengths, and one EP. And these are all actually a little more minor, I think, uh, than what we've been doing in the past. Uh, but I think that that's good because there's a, a couple of these bands I have actually some uh, bigger questions about sort of outside of the specific album reviews, as it were. So um, it might be a little uh, a little more truncated than our usual episode, but that's just fine. I'm really excited to talk about oh, no, some of this stuff. It's going to be three stuff. hours, baby. Fucking strap in. Yeah. <laughs> good, good luck. Hope you yeah. didn't have anything to do today. Yeah. Drive your ass to Cleveland. You can listen to this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we get into any of that, uh, once again, thank you to everyone for all of the Instagram love that we keep getting, all of the people that are still streaming on Spotify. I check those statistics and I see you. We are well over 150 streams uh, on Spotify alone. Um, and, you know, I really appreciate all of you people that are listening. Um, it's really great. And so continue to listen, get at us on all of the social media that you can. And by that, I mean just Instagram, because clearly the rest of it is to the wayside because it's 2019. We don't have time new, for that. I'm on that new stuff. shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, follow us on TikTok. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no videos. There's no music. It's just words, yeah. but on a TikTok format. Yeah, we're, do- we're doing it. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, you know, the other important thing we've got to do at the beginning of every episode, and actually, wait, sorry, let me go back, because I haven't even said what albums we'll be talking about today, and you probably oh, wouldn't know that. No, it's a mystery. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the new CU Space Cowboy album, uh, titled The Correlation Between Entrance and Exit Wounds, uh, and that is, if you haven't heard of that band, <laughs> it is exactly what that album title leads you to believe. Yeah. Um, we are also going to be talking about the new Kublai Khan album, Absolute, and we're also going to be talking uh, about the new Issues album that came out, which is, I think is kind of a little uh, off the beaten path for us in a lot of ways. Uh, that album is called Beautiful Oblivion. And then we've also got an EP this week for maybe the first time. It's uh, called Always a Godmother, Never a God by Kelso, which you told me is the bassist from Camp Cope. I believe Correct. is what you told me, and we will be getting into a little bit of that because I have yep. some some questions about all of that. Um, so those are the those are the releases. But now moving on to my other favorite part of the show, which is going to be us talking about what we've been listening to. And now that we've had uh, two weeks between episodes on a consistent basis, I feel like there's probably a little more variation in what we've been listening to, um, especially for me, at least in these past two weeks. So. I can get us gripping and ripping if you would like, because I have, <laughs> I have a few things. It, it just seems okay. like uh, 
these two weeks, I just, I had a lot of extra time. I, I was putting in a lot of extra hours at work. For those who don't know, I work as a chef and, uh, oops, there we go. Sorry. That was my phone that just went off. I will edit God, that out. Dick. Uh, for those that don't know, I work as a chef, and so I have a lot of hours every now and again to listen to uh, podcast music, things like that. And this past two weeks really found me going back and listening to some stuff that are just like old classics for me, old reliables. Um, and one of those things is I listen to a lot of Mars Volta, which I want to bring up just because I know that you, Griffin, are not a Mars Volta guy. Um, Yeah, it's not that I, I dislike it. It's just... I feel like it's a lot of effort to get into. <laughs> yeah, I mean that it's, it's it is dense. Yeah, uh, I mean I remember what's uh, the first one? Delisle's in the crematorium. Like I, mm-hmm. I got into that in a weird way because there was a friend of mine who put me onto it, and um, the reason he got into it is because he went to see Red Hot Chili Peppers, and they opened for him. Like this is like I don't know two thousand two, three, some whenever that whenever that album came out. That that bill makes total sense and no sense at the same exactly. time. Exactly. So like I've always correlated the two together, and I'm not a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, and I was annoyed that he even thought he was. Um, <laughs> so it's just always had a bad taste in my mouth. You know, I'd rather listen to it at the drive-in, and even then, I'm not a huge at the drive-in fan. I mean, I appreciate at the drive-in, um, but you know, it's just never been. It's everybody has you know those bands that you appreciate and you like, but you know you you're not like I'm not out there listening to them every day. Kind yeah. Of thing. So that's Mars Volta is like. I get it, but it's not one. I couldn't even tell you anything on their catalog, really. So Yeah, and I think that's fair. I mean, I, it took me a lot longer to get into Mars Volta than it ever did for me to get into At The Drive-In. And that's, I mean, that's probably true of most people, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually, now that you said that about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, I realized they were probably on that bill because I think almost all of their albums, if not all of them, the guitar parts are all recorded by the guy that was the Red Hot Chili Peppers guitarist for the bulk of the time. Um and I um, what was that again? Mars Volta. Yeah. So all the the Mars Volta guitar parts are recorded in the studio by I can't think of his name. It's John, and then it starts with an F. And I know I would butcher. Shanti. Yes, John Frusciante. He does all the guitar parts for all the Mars Volta albums. Um, and uh, Omar, not, the the guitarist, yeah, Omar he he writes all of them and he composes all of it, and then he essentially just oversees it in the studio. And it's essentially, I've heard is. Uh, just a creative choice by him because it allows him to then hear the parts back with like somebody else playing them because then it it allows him to see like does this actually work does it not um yeah and so that's that's probably why they were on that bill with them to be honest what? i never knew that that's so weird yeah it's it, it whenever i first found that out it sort of uh caught me off guard as well but it, i mean it kind of it kind of makes sense once you start to listen really closely to the types of guitar parts that he is writing um John Frusciante is I'd be like made for those kind of like funky but also really complex groovy uh, mm. parts that are being written. Um, so it's it's actually I mean if you if you didn't know that previously, it's worth going back and listening to uh, a few of the albums. I believe I know for a fact Francis the Mute and Amputecture were both done by him, and I could not speak to the rest of them, but I I do believe most of them were done by him in the studio. Which is, yeah, it says he's contributed guitar solos and stuff. So I don't know if he did all of it, but he did contribute solos and stuff. It says, yeah, he's a, he's a big part of the of the recording process for those. Uh, which is, mm-hmm. I, I think that's not not many bands do something like that, especially to have that's such a, a big name guitarist in there doing it. Um, but anyway, Mars Volta is is really great 
for me, I'm, uh, I've said before on the show, I'm a very big prog fan. I'm a very big concept album fan. And some of the Mars Volta stuff kind of, uh, is, a, a little bit up its own ass, uh, for lack of a better term, but I, I don't I mind agree. that. I, I think that it's like, I, it works for me in a lot of ways. I mean, for example, on the album Francis the Mute, uh, like the final song, uh, which actually now Spotify is split out, but the song, Cassandra Gemini, is 30 minutes long, and it's like uh, all music the whole time. It's not like a bunch of interludes and shit. It's like 30 minutes of, of actually uh, making noises, and it's but it's it's really good, and it's just... It's something that I can listen to because it's so dense, and no matter how many times I've heard it, I always hear something new. I always hear a new part that sticks out with me, and uh, I mean, it's it's also very fun listening to a band like Mars Volta uh, living in Texas again because they are all from El Paso and they are yeah. um, they're all Hispanic, and or at least Omar and Cedric, the the two main members of the band, they are, and so you know a lot of their lyrics are being sung in Spanish. A lot of the the rhythms and beats are very uh, you know Latin in their feel and that's like really fun and so sometimes you know when you're just like driving down a texas road and you turn on mars volta you're like this feels right uh <laughs> so it's, it's really good though and I, I i always you know i always tell anyone you know it's definitely hard to get into but if you ever have time to really just devote um to it listen to either francis the mute or the bedlam and goliath and then sort of if you like both of those branch out from there but they're fucking great albums man and i really really like them and i know that my brother who may or may not be listening is also a very big fan of them and they are probably probably them and the dillinger escape plan oddly enough are the two bands that sort of broke him out of the the genres that he had listened to almost all of his life and started moving yeah. him towards uh a lot more of what me and you listen to griff so it's yeah. i i like them for that reason as well they sort of are like this bridging point for uh me and my brother christian sort of starting to be able to get on the same keel about music so uh, yeah. Very layered, very great, very good stuff. Um, and then sort of toning it back a bit, but actually in a very similar vein, but not quite as dense. Uh, I do this about once a year, sometimes more often. I went back and listened to the entire Fall of Troy discography because Fall, <laughs> Fall of Troy like is also one of my favorite bands ever. And those albums are mwah, so, so tight. <laughs> my compliments to the chefs. Uh, to the chef. That's I don't know. They're, they're the same same thing. Mars Volta, just a band that I'm aware of and appreciate, but it's not one I really listen to. It's it's so much fun to me to listen to that because uh, it's so wild and mathy and sort of like irreverent at times. But it's it's yeah. all very like sing alongable, and you know you can tap your foot to it even though what's happening is almost complete chaos. And uh, I always loved that the the guitarist slash singer one that he's doing both of those things because it's very complex guitar work but also oh yeah, yeah um, it's incredible yeah it, it, it's also really cool to me though because he started out as a drummer and then uh taught himself to play guitar and it's it's really evident in all of the fall of troy stuff especially the first two albums uh doppelganger and in the or er, uh uh, manipulator not in the unlikely yeah. event that's the third one the first two it's very evident that he's playing everything very like percussively even on his guitar and the way that that syncs up with the, the drum parts being written is so great and they're probably of any band that i listen to or have heard for that matter uh in any capacity they're the one band that can get away with being sloppy 
and make it sound very intentional and like it, it just works i mean most of their stuff i cannot imagine was recorded to a click track there is uh specifically a song on manipulator i believe it's called uh oh the casino but there's like literally the whole beginning of the song is so remarkably off time that if you try to just like air drum along to it <laughs> i mean you can barely do it because it's it's completely by feel uh but it, it's so great and it's it's very um it's very indicative of like the time it was released which is like 2005 and through 2009 and that's a very special time for me in music and Everybody also knows uh, FCP Remix because it was on Guitar Hero 3 and yeah. that song fucking bumps. Uh, but it's it's all so much fun. And that's that's a band that I go back to, like I said, at least once a year. And I will listen to um, the three full lengths as well as they have a album that was technically an EP, but it's called Phantom on the Horizon that essentially they took time in between their major releases and were like hey we're not really a prog man but we're gonna make an ep that's like fully prog uh and it's actually it's it's really well done um i think that they were all very talented musicians and it kind of fizzled out for them which i hate but they've gone on to uh you know they've they've come back and made another album since then through kickstarter and they are really oh, good friends yeah. with the guys in chan uh and chan i don't think i've brought this up before but chan uh, took a lot of influence from Fall of Troy, and so you'll see it a lot of shows. Um, if they happen to be in the same city, the guitarist from uh, Fall of Troy will come on stage with the Chon guys and will play a couple Fall of Troy songs, and it's it's all fun stuff. So um, Fall of Troy, great shit. If you haven't listened to it, uh, <laughs> go back and listen to it. I think that everyone can find something in there. There's a lot of different styles of songs, and I also, one last note, the singer also as he taught himself to play guitar, very clearly taught himself how to sing because he can't do it. And uh, it's awesome because he makes uh, a lot of a lot of these like noises and sounds that I don't think you would be able to necessarily make or record on an album if you were actually like a trained singer. And that all adds to sort of the allure of all of it to me. So um, yeah, big, big, big week for me. And that was, there's a few other random ones, but those are the biggest two because... Those are, I mean, huge chunks of albums that I was listening to. So, great, great shit. I I would listen to Follow Troy probably over over Mars Volta any day. So, I need to go That's back valid. and revisit him because I I've heard at least the first two albums uh, before, and I never disliked him. It was just it was not a band that I was like, oh, you know, I want to go back and listen to discography every year. Like they yeah. never became that band for me. So, I'll yeah, be curious to hear him uh, now and see what I think. Yeah, I absolutely think that is worth it. Well, that's enough about me, though. What have you been listening to? Oh, fam. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, uh, no, most of the ones we're supposed to, we're going to be talking about, but the one that's not on that list. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's the big one, baby. It's a fucking big one. It's the big one? It's fucking Taproot. <laughs> that is not not what i was expecting Ooh, you could have taken me down a lot of paths there buddy but that was that was it uh god damn i fucking love taproot Tap, that is wow i also I, love taproot the first two taproot albums baby fucking on repeat fucking oh. gift and welcome you know meet me in the dms but this is fucking <laughs> i fucking love me some taproot it's uh, I mean, Morgan always makes fun of me for when she hears it, just because he has a very unique vocal style. So if you're not into that, but <laughs> um, 
it's what make it's what makes Taproot Taproot really is is his vocals and how it you know combines with uh, the music. For those that don't know, Taproot was a band in the early two thousands, late nineties, but they got started in two thousand um, of if you want to call it the new metal genre. But mm-hmm. um, they're very much in, I mean sound like you know Deftones, Glassjaw. I mean all that they're they're in that same wheelhouse. They were just probably more of the metal style of those things. Um, and they were discovered by Fred Durst. There's a whole story there. And they basically said, you're taking too long to get us where we want to be. And so they moved, they moved on to somebody else. And so he was, all, there's always been like a controversy between Fred Durst and Taproot, but really where they got popular was Jack Osborne of Ozzy Osborne fame. Oh, I uh, forgot about that. Yeah. He kind of brought them to the second, uh, second stage at Ozfest. Um, oh man. Fucking and so Ozfest. That's how, that's how they got big. That's how, that's how I heard about him was because of that whole thing. But, um, Man, it's just really good. I don't know how to describe Taproot other than it's just it's it's melodic. It's it's good songwriting. It's catchy. Like it's different. Like I can't. There's no other band that sounds like Taproot to me, and I still have never found a band that sounds like Taproot. And they have always intrigued me. I loved Gift, the first album, and I waited patiently for Welcome to come out, the second one. I fell off after that point. Um, I've listened to some their newer stuff. It's not bad, but it's like that. They struck while the iron was hot, and you know I'm not into that iron anymore. Basically, so yeah, um, the first two albums definitely still bump. I mean, there's just such good stuff. I mean, yeah, there's some generic, like lyrically, there's going to be some questionable, like you know, okay, like come on, um, <laughs> but it doesn't. For me, it's one of those things. Going back and listen to it, like it still holds up because it fits the music, it fits what they're trying to do, and like just some of the vocal melodies, just man, it rips. Like I don't. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm. I agree. I I really enjoy Taproot, and and I think that like I've always considered them being a part of, uh, sort of a genre that like even though I agree with you that they are in sort of the Deftones, Glassjaw realm of things, uh, yeah. because they fall on that more metal side, it almost comes across as like cheesy, and you're a little bit like guilty for liking them, but like. Taproot, Seven Dust, fucking Alien Ant Farm, like all of those bands. I I would put that's a good point. I would put this close to Alien Ant Farm, not from a sound perspective, but probably more of a style perspective. Mm-hmm. Just and I love that. Alien Ant Farm. I mean, if oh, we I fucking <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I fucking love them too. Um, yeah, it's just I even listening to this again, it's just like the some of the stuff they were doing. Just it was nobody was doing it like this. Like there's you, you know the heavy hitters of that genre obviously were you know, innovating and they definitely were, I mean, people knew who they were. I don't know a lot of people who don't like Taproot other than they don't like the vocal style, but like that is what makes Taproot unique to a sense, but the music does too, just because God, the fucking bass player bumped, you know, the guitar, the guitar player was not a amazing guitar player, but he had great tone and he knew how to write good songs. Like they mm-hmm. had good song structure and the drummer fucking complimented the bassist so well. And there's just, and the, some of the songs are fucking, uh, you know, I want to get in the corner and cry. Like they're pretty fucking emo. These like the, uh, what's it off gift? I, I think, mm-hmm. uh, or no emotional times is one of my favorite, but I mean, they're just, even I, it's just, while it seems corny now, you know, almost 20 years later, like it's, it, it makes sense at the time. And obviously they matured more with their second album, but still they both rip. So all I can say is if you, we weren't listening to Taproot back in the day, you should probably go back and check them out because there's some rippers there. Well, I also and, and for me, they're they're full. The, the whole albums are good. Both albums, start to finish, are good for me. I also think that uh, the name Taproot, I love yeah. for like a new metal band. It just sounds yeah. like they hit the fucking nail on the head, dude. Like them and yeah. Fear Factory, like those names yeah. really just cut to the they core. Fucking did it. They fucking did it. So yeah, it's it, 
Taproot deserves more respect than they ever got because musically they they were doing more than their peers and they did do some you know generic shit, but it, it worked in their favor to me. I think it's it's to me twenty years later, it still rips. So yeah, I I, I, I applaud them on that. I mean, and it's I feel like it's hard for bands that came out of that that period because it was such a boom so quickly, and there was I mean, and this is this is true of most genres that come up like this. I mean, it's even true like right now. I mean, hard hardcore and metalcore and shit are so big, and it's the same way. But you know, yeah. there's so many of these bands that um, at face value just get pushed into like the generic category. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, there's so many of those that are like actually underground really good fucking bands like you just you know they didn't ever get their due and i think taproot's absolutely one of them uh i i've always loved those albums yeah i I think it didn't catch on because it was not what they were trying to be put up against they were they were never gonna they were never they weren't set up to succeed yeah uh, because they were being lumped in with something it's the same thing with deftones deftones found a way to get outside of it by you know writing sexier you know um depeche mode style metal so it's they found their niche and you know really went into a taproot missed the kind of missed their boat a little bit unfortunately so not not that they're ever going to be as you know influential as deftones but they're still out there doing shit i mean i'm not gonna say they don't have fans but it's unfortunate that they didn't get bigger because you know poem came out uh on welcome and that was kind of their biggest hit i mean i don't know what's their top i think it's poem by by 15 million plays it's poem (laughs) yeah yeah and so it's a great song it rips i mean so i mean they they definitely are known for that it's just unfortunate that it it didn't have any staying power but yeah for me the first two albums like that that, that's their legacy they did it so and it's always one that i forget i always forget about taproot until it comes up somehow um and actually i'll tell you how it came up because listening to corn weeks ago and then that led into uh cold which I don't think anybody's ever really liked Cold other than me. But yeah, I am. <laughs> I take not it back. I only guy. like one. I only like one album by Cold, and that's that's Thirteen Ways to Bleed on stage. But anything after that or before that, I could give a shit. It's just that album came out, and I wore it out because at the time that's the only thing I knew by him. And I was I young. fucking <laughs> forgot about Cold. That album cover that the, is like instantly when you said that, I could picture that yeah. fucking album cover that looks like Peter Parker's Notebook. Exactly, and that's how the liner notes look too. I mean, it is such a that is such a immature album lyrically and it's not even good musically but it just the packaging of the whole of the whole th- what they were doing it's similar to taproot in it, but it's obviously on low 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 on the list <laughs> but uh that that's more of a nostalgia thing for me not a this band you know rips 20 years later like i think yeah. they actually came back with a new album and like i'm not even going to try to put that in my ears because i know <laughs> no if cold's trying to make shit in you know 2019 good luck to you but yeah. anyway so that cold led to i got uh after that album finished uh taproot actually came on and i'm like well fuck these don't go together but i'm glad you told me about it uh, so, so it just it just went on a path, and so uh, listening to Corn lately has brought back a lot of new metal that I haven't listened to in years. So uh, there's some stuff that holds up, and some stuff that does not. Well, but, uh, you know, seven, that's what I was. Seven does say. holds up. I'll say that. Seven, seven still rips. Yeah, don't even get me started. Uh, well, I don't even know if we talked about it on this podcast, but you know, Seven does put out that album last year, and it, it was one of the best albums of 2018. Fucking all I see is war is a fucking bang 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 banger. It just Seven Dust has a very uh, specific yeah. aggression and sound that I mean, yeah. oh God, it just it rules. It gets me so yeah. excited. Yeah, so it's just nice to see bands one have this longevity and continue to make new stuff like Corn or Seven Dust or even Slipknot to that extent. But um, yeah, Taproot, go back and listen to the first two because 
I so I, I as you were saying that I, I just pulled up the Seven Dust Spotify page and I clicked on their about and like the biggest picture of them like they are kicking my ass through my computer screen like oh yeah they're just they're big ass fucking dudes and I would not want to mess with any of them. <laughs> they're actually some of the nicest dudes from all the stuff I've seen, but uh, I, I believe that. But they look yeah. intimidating. Yeah, those are yeah, some burly burly men, and their older pictures of them has a lot of hair gel and piercings. Oh yeah, I mean home classic okay don't animosity to animosity to an extent too i don't just like animosity but home is like that's home is so fucking intense Uh, we have so many inside jokes about that yes we'll talk about that later but uh (laughs) but the new album that they put out last year is was surprisingly amazing i mean if you haven't been able to tell by now we clearly have a lot of not even hidden love for new metal yeah, I'm, I'm not going to try to hide it. It just not we talk about it enough just because it's been a resurgence lately, but it's not mm-hmm. something I listen to a lot if at all, but I just have been lately. So Yeah, it's, I it's mean nice these to, these, nice these things are cyclical, so you know, you give it every every yeah. like 20 years or so, these things are going to fucking pop back up. Oh yeah. I mean, I probably listen to new metal like go back and listen to like a band like this, like Seven Dust or even Taproot like every 18 to 24 months, like I'll go through like, oh, let's listen to their discography, you know, and you know, some bands maybe sooner than that. I mean, I listen to Deftones more than that, obviously. But, oh yeah, that's true. Um, that's a different but, you know, category, though. But some, but some of these, you know, like your Mud Veins or anything else. Like, yeah, there's going to be like a a week two period. I'll be like, fucking LD fifty, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every every now and again, you got a Berber dang on yeah. yourself. So they're they're not my daily ones, but just this gives me an excuse to listen to them and talk about them again. So. Yeah, I I am right there with you, buddy. And I, yeah, bro, I might blast some Taproot. I'm also still internally you should. laughing that you fucking set me up for that and hit me with Taproot. <laughs> Baby, it's the big one. Because, <laughs> like, I was, I, pro- I was processing in my mind. I was like, should I know what it is? Like, I was really concerned for a second. You didn't get it by the hint, the big one. Come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goddamn. That was oof. Uh, so right. That's my contribution of the week. So. Well, that's, uh, just, I get it. For all new right. and old fans alike, listen to some Taproot. Yeah, seriously. Uh, all right. Well, that's fantastic. And, and actually, I think that that. Uh, sort of makes me want to jump in right into Kublicon first. Uh, And so I had said, I had mentioned this at the end of the last episode and you were at the time completely unfamiliar with uh, Mm -hmm. all of this. And so I like hit me as someone. Okay. And let me also, (laughs) let me say this because I, I probably sound very excited about it, but at the same time, like, this isn't like uh, me getting excited about like the Knocked Loose album or something, but like yeah. there's something so inherently fun about music that is this just like heavy and aggressive. And it's it's one of those things where like it just brings a smile out of my face whenever I hear it because it's just hilariously awesome. But that being said, <laughs> I, I'm curious as like you not, not having seen them live, not knowing anything about them and also not really – you are not. Uh, I don't. I don't know if this is a secret, but you are not a very proud Texan, uh, as it were. And I am not. <laughs> and that's. And I think that's fine. But I think that these dudes also sort of are very much uh, representative of like Texas pride, but not in the like. Oh, hey, we're fucking like you know your typical Texan with a Confederate flag yeah. and a Chevy pickup truck. But the they are still very you know they're proud of being from Texas in a small town in Texas. So. What yeah, are your thoughts? Uh, Hit me with that. Oh, I'll say, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Texas. I was born and raised there, obviously. Um, but I don't hate it, but it's just not for me. I mm-hmm. move for a reason. Um, I like to visit. I like certain things about Texas. Um, I definitely love the country life of it and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, this is the 
the mentality is not for me. Correct. Um, so I knew, didn't know shit about them. I just knew who they were, and I kind of got an insight. And you did send me a live video that I did watch. The show is um, fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, spoiler alert, I don't – this is not for me, unfortunately. Um, I don't hate this, but this is not for me. Um, and to the <laughs> what this is for me is – and this is a weird analogy. This is like Gears of War for me. <laughs> this al- this this album sounds oh like Gears God. of War. And I don't know. And the way I want to describe that, and I've been waiting to tell you this for two weeks now, is it's you know when your first time you played Gears of War, um, like it, everything was very large and clunky and like you know it was just everything just felt big. Yeah, that's what this is for me. It, <laughs> that's, just feel, it feels big. Wow. And like that's not a bad thing. It's just like I my problem with okay. So let me just say it, this is very good. This does have a lot of cool moments. Um, this is this is not like knock loose for me. Um, this is just more of a genre that I never really got into, I, and I t- I just it's not really this, but I just label it as kind of this tough guy hardcore stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's never been, I've never been a fan of that. Not because I think it's bad. It's just it's it's too formulaic for me, and it doesn't go anywhere. It's always a you know it's right at this level at all times, and it doesn't dip or go below it. It's just this is where we're at, mm-hmm. and it's. I'm going to beat you up and I'm going to let you know why I beat you up. And then I'm going <laughs> to co- come back in f- four minutes. And I'm going to beat you up again. Like, <laughs> and it's, it doesn't. And then you sent me the live video and that's basically, it just proved it all for me because mm-hmm. it wasn't a bad video, but it, nothing happened in it. Yeah. Like it was just four dudes standing there. And while the singer does have a pretty good stage presence and I appreciate that, it's just, I don't think this band will ever do more than what they're doing today. Um, because I don't think that they will ever rise past this. Like, I think it's cool. I, I heard a lot of cool moments, especially in some of the old stuff, because I'd never heard anything. So I did go back and try to listen to, like, the the like the, session, the stuff they played in the set list, basically, that you sent me. Yeah. Because it was only, like, a week old, the video you sent yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, it was very recent. Um, I respect what they're doing. And, you know, some of their influences, like, I have I loved Earth Crisis back in the day. I like early Hatebreed. Like, so I get all that. But it was never something that stuck with me, so it's it's hard for me to review this because I don't hate it, but it's like I'm not passionate about it at all. So like I listened to it, and it wasn't a struggle. But even like the two times I went through it fully, I was just like, like I can't pick anything out of this that's like gonna make me go. You know, they're doing the thing other than they just sound like it sounds like characters from Gears of War with guitars on. Like it that's, just like <laughs> I, I love that example. That is fucking. It's not on a bad it's, point. Uh, it doesn't it, it, like I'm not talking shit about this at all. It's just like I have I really can't have an opinion because if I was at a show, I think I'd really be like, yeah, but like I wouldn't go home and like I'm not I'm just not that's not my character to like I'm not wearing fucking terror shirts and like <laughs> you know I'm not pissed off in the streets like that's just not I'm looking for the emotional part of music which I've said before like that's why something like Taproot like it's like it's heavy but it's emotional like mm-hmm. that, that's what gets that's what gets me off is the theatrical emotional stuff. This is just beatdown stuff which is has its place. But as a, somebody who listens to music, like I can't, I'll, I'll like if this was on a playlist or like it came up, it'd be like, yeah, that fucking song, right? Like, like you're right, Boom Slang, which I'm sure you're gonna talk about. Great fucking song. Yeah. But like as an album, I'm like, where's the meat? Like I can't, <laughs> I can't give it, and unlike Knock Loose, which, you know, had some diversity to it at least, you know, and mm-hmm. had some, um, you know, you know, peaks and valleys, like, this just kind of stayed at the same level. So I think that they're good at what they're doing. I just don't know that they'll ever progress past this because even some of the old stuff I listen to, I'm like, yeah, there's some sick riffs here, but we're basically just rinse and repeating. I mean, yeah. that's all we're kind of doing here. So it's, I can't speak, I can't speak any more than that. So that I don't want to, if you've got more to say. Yeah. So, please. well, I mean, and, and this is one, and this is, that's actually, I'm, I'm sort of glad that is the way you feel about it because that was a lot of why I wanted to kind of thrust this on your plate is because 
Um, yeah, I'm glad I listened to it. I I am of the I am sort of of the of the same mindset that um uh, yeah agreed. Earth Crisis, you know, Terror is another great example where like a lot of these bands. I, I I will say I'm actually not like a hate breed guy at all. I totally appreciate what hate breed. Does. I just like the first couple of records. That's yeah, it. but it's yeah. it's it's again like the way that you just described feeling about this is essentially the exact way I feel about hate breed. Uh, I'll give them their sure. due because Ma- I mean hate yeah, breeds fucking sense. huge. But anyway, I I that was that was why I wanted to sort of bring this at you is because I I do think that this is music that it's like you know. For someone who doesn't typically listen to something like this, and I don't necessarily either, but for you to be able to just sort of go into it, I just I knew there would be inevitably hilarious comparisons and things that would come to mind, <laughs> and I was not disappointed because Gears of War is. I mean, I had said it was called Drogo Core, and which is oh, I forgot you said that. Yeah. I didn't even remember that. Yeah, and that's also I think apt. But Gears of War, I mean, that's exact. It's like literally, it's that first fucking mission in Gears of War where you're about to fight everybody and uh it's just this music just felt, should start playing i mean it's like the way I mean, it felt big and clunky and that's kind of what the sound it's not like a criticism it's just it feels big and clunky that's what yeah. it feels like it just it just uh, feels like big dudes with huge biceps like it fucking, does like trying to trying to build small legos like I this, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this uh this yeah this album was produced by cliff blazinski you know what i mean it's, yeah basically uh, so, anyway. well it's you know and I, I think that that's yeah totally on the money that for me this is not something that like i wouldn't Whereas, you know, Knocked Loose is obviously the most inevitable comparison for what we've talked about on the show. And I think that, yeah, that's an album that I will go back and listen to. And there's specific moments, specific songs. And, like, that's a journey through the album. And they've really progressed. But this is, I agree, I don't ever expect this band to be something, like, crazy. I do think they're about to blow up in terms of how much uh, a hardcore band can blow up. I mean, they got signed to, like rise records which is really weird because of, of all yeah, the no, labels th- that could have yeah. picked them up rise that coming. is that's pretty interesting yeah. um but it, it's just it's like it's one of those things that like i said will just bring a smile to my face because if you you know I've, we've both mentioned the song boom slang now and it's one of the singles yeah. if you just go watch that music video it is like comically badass because not only does it have a breakdown where he just says fuck you and then kicks a mirror into oblivion oh i didn't see the music video the music video is tight because uh not only does he do that the whole time my man is fucking braids and a dickies t-shirt he's wearing oh yeah that's the that's the that's the, vi- the live video you sent me he just got these fucking braids that he's basically swinging around yeah it's, and I mean, it's a good stage presence so this this guy uh the, the singer his name is uh which you would never expect his name is matt honeycutt and he is like oh he looks like fieldy from corn like he's yeah fucking... so i'm i so i saw them with straight from the path uh about this time last year i saw them and uh two two things about that show one i really cannot stress this enough uh, and it's partly i think because there is like this texas bride element to it but i've seen it in other shows as well uh that is the least i have ever wanted to be in a mosh pit in my entire life it is like the most (laughs) the absolutely most fucking brutal uh moshing i've ever seen in my life and that's not that that really means anything to do with the music but i also did see a youtube comment uh on one of the videos where some guy was like bro you could give me a hundred dollars and a helmet and i wouldn't go into the pit for this (laughs) and it's it's true i mean and that alone was like i believe that it was a spectacle to see that but i then um i the uh the lead singer matt was hanging out by the merch tables after the show and i'm not like a big fan but i just figured i'd tell him you know hey good show or whatever and like that dude is i would say of anyone that i've met uh it's got to be up there in terms of bands is like the nicest person i've ever met he is literally like he was the most gentle giant like 
it was so complimentary and i don't know i could not like believe how nice this guy was so that alone like i i love to give any band credit if they're actually good people and it's it's just funny i mean it's like if you're gonna go work out if you for some reason are on your way to go fight somebody like t- turn this on because it's <laughs> yeah. gonna get you where you need to be and watch the music videos it's hilarious and it's awesome and uh also they have their ones one of the singles is called self-destruct and it's just insane because the entire song builds up to this breakdown and the breakdown hits and it's there's it's it's no guitar it's just drum and the bass and that's it for oh, like yeah. it is pretty the past like the last it like pretty sick. eight bars of the song or some shit yeah. and uh i also saw i i wish that i was as funny as youtube comments because that's where all the good shit's at but i saw somebody <laughs> on there say uh it's really tight that kubla khan decided to use uh bridge cables as guitar strings <laughs> and uh, they're not wrong boy, yeah, that, boy that, howdy i forgot self-destruct is a good song i mean there are like I said there are moments on this that but I'm it's like, yeah, it's not something that you're going to want to listen to i mean it's not like my album yeah. of the year but i think that it's you yeah. know it's it's just like it's comically heavy even jordan from every time i die tweeted the other day he was like man i was really stoked on how heavy the riffs we were writing were but i just listened to the new kubla khan album and uh yeah. i gotta go back to the drawing board yeah i mean it's but it's it's just it's fucking it's it's the dave Chappelle skit play the fight riff it is everything you'd imagine uh but i'm i like i said inevitably you were gonna have a funny comparison to that and that was really why i I wanted to hear it i'm talking like within like i don't i don't even think i got it through the second song before like i was like this gears of war (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's it's, i mean that's it like yeah you fucking did it uh all right, well, that, and yeah, I don't think we need to spend too much time on that. Um, if you are into anything like hate breed, terror, generally beat down, like you're going to fucking love this, and that's pretty much all there is to yeah. it. Yeah, if you're if you're into any kind of hardcore, I mean, it's worth a listen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and and they're friends with like you know, if you're into any kind of metal, these dudes are probably friends with like that band. Every they're like everyone loves them in terms of them as people. So you know, the support yeah, support the homies where you can. Um, and moving into another album that i think will be very quick to talk about uh is the ep we listened to this week we listened to kelso and this is obviously uh judging by play counts alone this is just like sort of a very small time i this is not even close to being on my radar uh before you told me it's on mind fame well and and this so this is why i'm actually curious because I listened to it and I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I liked it a lot, actually. I mean, it's very sort of easy listening, um, mm-hmm. sort of uh, indie, has a lot of ambient moments and stuff. It's only four songs, but also I think maybe, and not to take away from this album specifically, I'm curious what you thought about this as someone who is more of a fan of, uh, of uh, Kelly is her name, I'm assuming? Yep. Kelly. Yep. Okay. You, and I know that uh, you're more of a fan of hers and Morgan, your wife, my sister is also a fan yep. of hers. And so yep. I'm curious from your perspective, like tell me more, not only about her and this album and what you thought, but also uh, hit me with some Camp Cope knowledge because I don't know anything about Camp Cope other than you guys are big fans. And uh, yeah, I do I need to be into I, it? I, so I heard a Camp Cope. Um, it's been a couple of years now. Uh, there was some article they have a song that they're pretty well, but they basically close. They close every set with a song called "The Opener," which is actually kind of funny. That's funny. Um, but that's probably their. If you look at it right now, it's probably their most played song. Uh, it it is indeed. You are correct. Yeah, uh, great song. But it's basically. I mean, they're very. Uh, 
you know, woman empowerment and feminism and everything else. I mean, there it's rightfully so. And they're a part of a lot of movements and everything else. It's a trio of Australian women. Um, they're probably mid twenties to late twenties, uh, probably mid twenties at this point. Um, except for the, or, sorry, the, the guitar player, Georgia, uh, very outspoken. Um, she kind of writes everything. And then her bass player, best friend, her name's Kelly, who is, has her side project called Kelso. And then they have uh, their drummer, which I only know her by Tomo is what they call her. I can't remember her first name now, but uh, she's kind of tomboyish um, and she's a little older. So they always call her mom. <laughs> um, but anyway, they, they make up this trio. They've come to America a few times. Me and Morgan saw them earlier this year in Cleveland. Uh, great band, great message, both great albums. What's cool about their band um, so from a musical standpoint is especially Kelly, the bass player in Camp Cope. Um, she doesn't play normal bass. She basically plays almost like um, guitar leads on her bass. So Ooh. she's, you know, been, she's been criticized and, you know, also, um, you know, people are in favor of how she plays. It just depends on who you talk to. She's, she's not a real bass player in, in a sense, but she writes really cool um, riffs. And that inspired my wife to try to start learning bass. And she's been doing a great job at that, but like, she likes how, like the way Kelly played made her want to start playing bass. So she's been learning those riffs like that, but it's like, it's not true bass lines. It's basically like lead guitar riffs almost on bass. So it's, it, so they're the way Cam Cope sounds is very kind of indie um, lo-fi because of that. Cause there's not a lot of bass in it mm-hmm. or true bass, I should say. Uh, but anyway, they're a great band. I highly recommend them. Um, so we don't have to get te- too deep into that. I'd, I'd prefer you listen to them and we maybe talk about mm-hmm. them someday. Cause definitely they're both great. They're both great records. Um, and if you follow them on social media, they're very outspoken and it's just not, they're a change of pace and their song they're known for the opener is, you know, being criticized in Australia and it's, the lyrics are very black and white. I mean, it's, they basically talk about here's all the shit that was said to us about being females and how, you know, um, you know, people are like, oh, we don't have enough females. Just throw another female band on there. Or, oh, female bands can't be headliners and just it, it, I'm going to do it disservice. So just go go read the lyrics mm-hmm. and listen to it. But it's a, it's a great song. Um, but anyway, the whole point of this is Kelly, the bass player plays her side project Kelso um, where she plays guitar in that and writes songs. And um, I wasn't excited for this because I'd heard some of the, or the EP as you mentioned called always a godmother or what is it? Oh, it's godmother, never a God. Um, She put out some acoustic renditions of these songs or like I've heard different things and they weren't bad, but they were very, you know, low key, not a lot to them. So I was not expecting much, but I really like the EP because they're added way more instrumentation to it. And like, it filled out the sound. So like, you know, there's this, you know, sax and trumpet or whatever, they've added more instrumentation uh, to it and it makes her sound better. It makes her vocal sound better. Um, it makes the songs catchier. And so I actually really enjoy it. So it's like kind of lo-fi indie. The vocals remind me of, um, if you ever listen to adventures, oh, um, yeah. which is the side project of, Code Orange or Code Orange Kids at the time, uh, but uh, Reba and Code Orange fronts Adventures. They're kind of indie shoegaze project, mm-hmm. um, which they don't really do anymore because Code Orange is kind of blown up. But Adventures is a great band too. But the vocal styling, Kelso sounds like that. So to me, um, so I I've always intrigued by that because I still like that vocal style. But I don't know. This 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 is a nice, just easy listening. You know, drink a cup of tea, kind of fucking open the window style music. There's not a lot to it. It's just four songs of just. I wish there was more songs is kind of how I feel about it. When I listen to it, I just put it on repeat, but there's, there's a couple singles on Spotify. So I just made a playlist that has her seven songs total on it, which includes an acoustic uh, rendition of one of the songs on um, the new EP, but it's just easy listening. Like I said, it's kind of lo-fi indie. Yeah. Um, good vocals, good instrumentation. 
Camp Cope's really the star of the show, but it's nice that she's got this other avenue because her lyrics are, are pretty good and she says some pretty cool stuff. And um, yeah, I think it's worth checking out. It's definitely a contrast of any of the new metal we've been talking yeah, about. No, so I, I, yeah, I, I, that's nine true. day difference. Um, it would, that's, and that's actually why I really, I think enjoyed having it, uh, in this batch this week, even though it is only an EP. Uh, it's yeah, I, I had it on while I was at work and I think, yeah, my only real criticism was that I, d- I didn't realize at the time cause I was like in a hurry, turned it on and then it was over after four songs. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. I was just getting into this. Like, give me some more. Yeah, it was like by the time you start getting into it, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I guess that's the nature of an EP. And, and if anything, I, I suppose that is more of a, a reason for me to go listen to camp cope and, uh, get more into I what can- they're doing. Yeah. Camp cope's a little more, I, I, I'll say they were punk, but they're not punk music, but they're, they're, they're punk aesthetic and stylings. Mm-hmm. Um, they have fast and slow songs, so it's it's more of a full band effort, but it's not too far away from what Kelso's doing. Just Kel- Kelso is more dreamy. Yeah, like more like it, it, it was very thing. dreamy. There was actually, there were moments yeah. on the EP that uh, sort of just had like very almost early like Modest Mouse vibes when Modest Mouse had some of their sure. weirder yeah. EPs that were a lot more dreamy yeah. and not as like dumb and stupid shit that it is now. Uh, it's it's just it's just kind of a palate cleanser for me. Like I I'll, I'll listen to it again. I think just because the songs are so catchy, but I'm intrigued to see where, if she does anything else with this. She may not just because Camp Cope has bl- been blowing up for the past few years. But yeah, um, yeah, it's I think it's worth the spend. Four songs only take you, you know, probably ten minutes. Yeah, or, hey, sorry, like fifteen yeah, minutes. Yeah, you got you got nothing to lose, fam. Yeah. Uh, well, then it's recommended. It, I would yeah, I was gonna say that's that's a recommend for me for sure. Um, I think that that's that's probably like yeah that's one of the few releases that we've talked about thus far that I think is like easy to recommend to literally anyone not just like oh if you like metal or if you like this like that's anybody can listen to that and will be into it so yeah it's it's a good fall release too yes abs- yes absolutely because boy yeah. have I been realizing how much I love fall because uh we we mentioned Texas earlier and I have been dealing with the fact that uh, I forgot how little of a fall Texas has. Uh, well, fall just started here like a week ago, so we've it, it's been like ninety degrees all over the country because global warming doesn't exist and the Earth is flat. Global warming. Um, <laughs> don't get me started on that uh, bullshit. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's just now become fall here uh, in Ohio, oh. and usually it starts in September. Yeah, that that at least makes me feel a little bit better uh, because it just. But it's been it's been great. I love it. I come I come alive in the in the fall and the cold weather. Yeah. Well, so. me and you have talked about this for years. Not only do we enjoy listening to a lot of like music and shit, but we are very big. We're unabashed video game nerds, and this time of year is video game central. Oh yeah. So Maybe I'm 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 deep into that Link's Awakening right now. <laughs> You bad man. Deep in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, moving on to our, our next release uh, is... I want to I want to move on to Issues, actually. So we're lo- looking at the Issues album, okay. uh, Beautiful Oblivion. And this is an interesting one for me uh, that I, like, once again was not on my radar. However, that being said... Oh, yeah. I recommended this one. I am very yeah. much... Uh, like, Issues is one of those bands that I am super, super, like... I know a lot about them and the end of it, uh, at least two of the members for seemingly no reason. I, I actually don't really know why, sure. but I've never, I couldn't tell you up until this album, a full issue song that I'd listened to. That being said, I knew it, I knew what they sounded like. And I, oh, okay. I was always like aware, uh, and their, their vocalist, Tyler Carter has done like, uh, collaborations with like plenty of other musicians. Cause he's got fucking yeah. Michael Jackson voice out the ass. Oh, he's got, he's got pipes, pipes, uh, pipes, baby. I mean, fucking... Well, and so that's sort of, I, I guess this is, this is my thing for this album is that right off the bat, let me say this is 
it's a it's a metal album instrumentally in a lot of ways because it's still like mm-hmm. very it's got those fucking 2019 genty metalcore grooves and stuff um but before this album came out they had been a band with two vocalists and tyler carter that i mentioned is the he's the clean singer he's as yep. you said i mean he is ridiculously talented the dude is fucking yep. his voice is insane well the whole band's talented but Correct. yeah from a vocalist yes yeah, yes yeah speaking just they're, on the they're all bringing they're all bringing something incredible to the table. Yes. In this band. That's, and then that's, yeah. yes, absolutely. And so yeah. they used to have two vocalists. The other one was doing like the unclean because they were doing uh, a lot of like screamier stuff. Like I said, I'd never really listened to probably a full song, but I, I knew that it was, you know, they, they had the other vocalists for screaming. Um, and they sort yeah. of, I, I remember reading that they had uh, essentially let the guy, the screamer guy go before this album because they just sort of realized, I, I think that, that wasn't sustainable for the path they were on and really the draw of what was going on was it was tyler carter's voice and this sort of groovy based shit that they were moving into and so this is an interesting point for me to jump into them but it seems like you and i you've mentioned them to me in the past that you actually enjoyed them uh or at least were more more into it than i was so i'm i'm curious uh then again sort of how this how this hit you uh, yeah, because I, I mean, I knew, to me, I thought Issues was some fucking mallcore scene, because the way they came out, I mean. They were part of that, I mean. They were, they were, I mean, all those fucking bands that all sound the same, you know, what did he come from, Woe Is Me, yep. or. and Woe Is Me was essentially a copy of early Issues, from what I can tell. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's all these bands, I'm trying to think of the other ones that are like that, that I always lump in here, what's all the other. I mean, there's like, I see stars, I mean, there's fucking. Yeah, just random bullshit like this, that, 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 not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I I were my kind of you know I was I grew up in the true like original metalcore you know early days of that in the early 2000s mm-hmm. and so you know by the time I stopped with that you know in the late 2000s it, more your generation when you were in high school was like the mallcore shit mm-hmm. with like the attack attacks the icy start like all these fucking bands like that where it became I don't know a little more fabricated and not not as grimy or punk about it you know it was it was it was all mass appeal at that point yeah it was it was very hot topic is the point Mm -hmm. uh when i was into it it had not got to hot topic yet so it was a different style genre anyway that's that's why you didn't get that fucking metalcore money dog you you you, i know right if i fucked up uh but that's why i always lumped issues and i never listened to anything previously the reason i got into them was their last album headspace because i started getting the drummer started getting recognized everywhere for his talents mm-hmm. and getting sponsored. So like I followed him and he's an amazing drummer. He's, I'm, he's only like 25 or 26. He's pretty he's, young. He's very young. Yeah. I mean, they all technically are, uh, but I never really gave him a second thought. And, but I started hearing some of these singles like the realist or coma. Like I'm surprised you haven't heard these songs because God damn, are they fucking catchy? Um, and I've, so I listened to that album headspace three years ago and I'm like, damn, like they're actually more talented than I gave him credit for. Um, I still think there's some stigma to him, but yeah, this is, and not every song was great, but there were some solid efforts on that album. I did not like the screaming vocalist. He didn't really add a lot for me, but I just kind of accepted it as part of the package and just said, okay, like there's some, there's some good ones on mm-hmm. here. So when I heard that they let him go in early 2018, I'm like, oh, now we're getting into it. Fuck it. <laughs> like, what can, what can they do without this hindering them? Because it was already clear, you know, they started heavy and we're going to get more into the groove, the R&B, the kind of what made them a unique band. So, like, I was excited for this from a casual fan standpoint. Yeah. Like, they're not – it wasn't on my radar, but I was like, oh, shit. Like, I follow enough of them and see enough of them, and, you know, I'm I'm curious what they're going to do. Um, this did not disappoint. It's still it's, – it's got some of the grooviest shit I've ever heard. It's got some of the catchiest shit I've ever heard. There's nothing really wrong with this album. Um, it's just – it's not, like, something I'm going to – 
I will listen to this more, but like, I'm not going to give it a 10, I guess is the point yeah. because there are some misses, but not a lot. I mean, the song flexing is clearly like a joke, but like, <laughs> I don't know if you got that deep into the album, but flexing is, it's got a weird hip hop thing. Like when they try to do hip hop, they do it really well. When they try to do R and B, they do it really well. And they try to do kind of the metalcore stuff. They do it really well. Um, some of it marinates better than others. I should say. Yeah, I think that, that's a the good standout. Yeah, the standout tracks really stand out. So I feel like this had a little extra meat on it that it didn't need. I feel like they could have cut back a few songs. Yes, I agree with that um, entirely. This could have been a 10-track album instead of a 13-track album, basically. I don't know which songs I could tell you to remove because I don't dislike any of them. But, like, the first six songs, like, to me, except, I don't know, I feel like I didn't like the opener as much. But, like, from Drink About It, the second song, all the way down to Rain, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, shit, let's do this. Like, I was like, these are some bangers. Yeah. They all hit. And then it kind of started to peter. There's moments in all the songs, I should say. But what makes issues unique is just how they're marrying all these things together and how well it works and how just catchy. And so if you've ever liked any kind of R&B metal, which there's been bands like that before, um, or if you've liked any kind of um, groove-oriented stuff or any kind of 80s feel to I mean, they kind of they just do it really well. So I'm, I'm kind of – I'm happy – that they're a band and that they're as talented as they are. And I've watched live videos and they, they kill it live too. They, like, do. they know what they're doing. Like this, this is, this is something I want to see live. Um, so I'm more intrigued by this band and, and, and a fan than like a, you know, diehard, I should say. Yeah. So like, this is just something that I, w- I want to stay on top of because like after this, I'll probably listen to this tomorrow because there's some songs on here. I think, yeah, this is good. My, di- my disappointment is I wish this came out in the summer. This seems like a summer album and not a fall album. I would agree with that. Like it's a summer, this is like a windows down. This is a windows down in the heat kind of album. <laughs> And I'm not like, I feel like that's my disappointment is like, I'm not in that headspace. Um, so I'm, I'm not getting the full benefit of the album, but, um, it's pretty good. I'll just, I'll say like, it's, it's good. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I, that's all right. It, 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 it might be in my, my top list of the year. I don't know yet, but like, it, it's got moments. Like I'm all right. I'm here for I, it. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm, I, not, I an, I'm not an expert to, to, I'm not an expert to be like, you know, here's all the reasons and all the stuff they've been through. Like as a observer, I think it's good. Yeah. Uh, so, so that that's interesting to hear because i i mean maybe i have heard some of these songs uh off like headspace or even some of the earlier stuff because i i mean coma is a the one is a banger i've probably i i mean i maybe i've heard it if i've heard it it's never been sort of like knowingly or on purpose uh but uh uh, so their drummer josh manuel that is who i that's sort of my into the band as well um he is he started making covers on YouTube. I mean, a long, 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 long time ago, and yeah. he uh, he sort of evolved into you know a much much better drummer as he's gone on. He's got huge you know hip hop and R and B chops. He's uh, you know he's he's fucking any of his videos that you watch. He's always doing these really sort of complex grooves and stuff, and it's really fun. And he he nails it live. He's also you can tell he's trying really hard to kind of try and like get his YouTube up and going because he put, he posts a lot of stuff on his YouTube that I don't necessarily care about, but it gives a lot of insight into what he's doing and he uses it to sort of promote issues a lot as well. Um, and I think that that's always been the one thing that sort of got me there with issues as far as not completely writing them off. This is where though I have, I have trouble, not specifically with this album, but more the band as a whole is that, as you said, this whole mall core shit that was coming out was all happening as I was in high school. And that was what so many of my friends were into. And I was the one guy who was like, this shit fucking sucks. I don't want to listen to this. And I was, 
you know, force yeah. fed from being around my friends. You're riding in a car and, you know, somebody else has the ox cord inevitably and they're playing you fucking attack attack or we came as Romans or of mice and men and all these dumb. That, that's a fucking trash band. Uh, all these dumb fucking bands <laughs> that suck. And that, you know, and so I have a really, really bitter taste in my mouth about most of these bands that I maybe unfairly lump into this genre. And I understand the issues is a little bit later has broken out of that in a lot of ways, but that's always been my hesitation. So going into this was definitely sort of, um, I I was definitely very tentative because I didn't know how much of this was going to make me feel like I was listening to some, like I was trapped in a car listening to some shit I didn't want to listen to in 2010. Oh yeah. Um, and luckily it, it wasn't, but it does raise a question for me that I've always sort of thought about this music that sort of does what this is doing. And, um, it's very, you know, R. it is very R and B. I mean, he's using very like, uh, rhythmically when he sings, Tyler Carter is using a lot of like, uh, vocal melodies and things that are, I mean, out of rap, I mean, out of like things in the mainstream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's clearly uh, very big into R and B and rap. I mean, that's- and, and and I think that that's I think that's great, and I think that he actually manages to do it without it being cheesy. Um, but I think that the the thing for me is that I don't know, like, does the world need that? I mean, I guess that that's that's sort of a hard question because I get it that every you know it's you got to mix genres, you got to stir the pot a little, you got to like see what works with what, and I agree that they tie it together pretty well. But at the same time, there is a part of me that hears the individual components, and I think to myself, well, why don't you just give me, like, a whole album of Tyler Carter rapping more traditionally or, like, doing more? He has a solo out. He has a solo album, by the way. And see, that would probably hit yeah. me, I think, a little better. And I think yeah. that – and it, I don't know. It's I think that the parts are better than the whole for me in this, uh, and I think yeah. that – the other thing is that the drummer, I mean, he's still fucking ripping on this album and he obviously rips, but I also feel like because this album leans a lot more into the R&B and stuff that like, and maybe this is, maybe this is more of my personal thing because I guess, you know, you can't have somebody ripping fucking chops and fills all over an album for like most mainstream albums, but I also wanted it yeah. to be so R&B heavy that like in the background, this dude was just, you know, diddling all over the drum set. And I feel like I didn't get quite as much of that as I would have thought, but I I can't really criticize for that because that's more of their songwriting uh, choices as musicians, as artists. And I respect that they're obviously better at it and making more money at it than I ever would. So um, that's sort of, I think my disconnect with it, but but it does inevitably work and it is the catchiest shit like i mean there's songs that yeah, that's, whether that's... i like it or not i'm like that's stuck in my head and it's going to be stuck in my head for a long time and and yeah. to the point where it's not only stuck in your head but you want to hear it again because it's stuck in your head yeah and and i guess that's like that's their credit and that's always been the thing that makes me maybe a little upset about a lot of the bands in this genre um some are faking it some are real about it but you know the a lot of this shit is catchy and so when they give me a song especially like the the first single they released off the album uh tapping out that's like i wanted to hate it so bad the first time i heard it because i was like this is fucking this is dumb it's fucking but like it's also probably like my favorite song on the album because it just like it's so catchy and that that like the fact that he says in the verse of the song like bitch i had a long day back up off me is hilarious and like yeah i i don't know he's there's something about the some of all these parts that just yeah I can't I can't deny yeah. and 
and I appreciate that they're moving away from the screaming stuff. There are some moments, but it's like background screaming and live. The guitar player took over mm-hmm. the songs for, you know, like the stuff they're playing. But, um, yeah, like I feel like the one after this is going to get heavier into like it's almost like this is going to be Alaska someday. Is kind of where I feel like it's going to get to. <laughs> hey, don't get me started. We on know Alaska. <laughs> I know. So I just I just want to pepper that in for you. Uh, uh, which, by the way, I want to save that right now because I always want to. Yeah, that's going to uh, go ahead and add that to my uh, recently. Um, but I feel like that's where we're working towards. Is like they're going to get they're going to get more comfortable and shed some of the metalcore shit off their off their back. I think I liked it for me. Like it's interesting when I listen to this. I didn't even think about the fact that they're. I think the dude's playing a seven or eight string guitar, or whatever he's doing, and the basses is phenomenal mm-hmm. too. But like, they just to me like all of a sudden they'd have like this heavy riff, and I'm like, oh shit, they are they do metal yeah. stuff. Like it, to me, it was like they kept reminding me of it, but it wasn't the focus. So like, I like that they did this in this album versus previous ones where it's like, oh, it's metal, and we're gonna sprinkle in some R and B and hip hop stuff. It's it like it's the other way around now, and it shouldn't work. It and it does. Yeah, I mean that, that's. <laughs> I think that's really the biggest summation of this album for me is that it shouldn't work a on grower. a lot of levels, but but it does. Yeah. And yeah, I mean if 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 you're even willing to try and dip your toes in the water, listen listen to either like tapping out or rain or drink about it, and I think that like. I mean, I think without you, the fucking, that yeah, the, that's great too. The sugar, the sugar, honey iced tea line like gets me every time the, I hear it. The only it, reason like... that I had, oh, the, <laughs> the only reason that one I couldn't fully commit, and it's actually that line specifically, is because, uh, and this is actually this is a whole other thing that I wish we would have been doing the podcast for when it came out. Uh, but the new Bring Me the Horizon album that came out in like January, they have one of the yeah. big songs off that is called Sugar Honey Ice and Tea, and it's like that and it's already in that like poppy metal direction and i was like oh, so i, I associated i've never with heard that. that song oh okay but when that yeah i've never listened i haven't listened to the new or i've listened to any bring me the horizon other than the one time we saw him live but uh yeah every time when that line came out when i was listening i was like oh i mean it's an attention grabber for sure yeah i was like well shit let me get unbuttoned like hold on you're going too fast yeah uh <laughs> so so yeah i would say you know i I would recommend it uh, at least on the the basis of it's catchy and they are very clearly talented. It's not for me, and there's still a part of me that will always resent the the genres fusing in this way. But I can't take away from their talent, the catchiness, and the production value of the album. Yeah, um, and that, I, that that's it. That's, that's me on issues. You're just wrong. <laughs> Uh, and that leaves us with uh, our last album, which is "See You Space Cowboy," which I think is kind of kind of brings together a lot of the things, thin themes we've been talking about through all this. So uh, I'll try and give a brief overview of "See You Space Cowboy." They seem to be blowing up, so maybe some of our listeners are very familiar already. Um, "See You Space Cowboy" is a part of this revival of sort of like MySpace era scenecore bands. And uh, there's a few others that are sort of prominent in the genre as well. I think that, namely, the other one is uh, a band called Wrist Meets Razor, and which is mm-hmm. hilarious that they're fucking called that. And there's another one that I actually yeah. just, that I wanted to note because the name is hilarious. There's another one that just, I think, sort of is coming on the radar now called uh, Gif from God. And yes. that's fucking yeah, hilarious that they're called they're, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a different story. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's sort of a resurgence of this. Uh, there's only a few bands really, I think, fully committing to that image uh, and that sound. 
So their new album was released. This is their first, I feel like, sort of major uh, release that they have. Uh, their other stuff had weave that you've been exposed to. We were exposed to them before because uh, Hell Priest, one of the projects you were doing, was going to play a show with yeah. CU Space Cowboy before they were really even sort of uh, showing up on yeah, everyone's no, yes. radar. Well, last summer we were supposed to open for them, uh, and I canceled the show, but uh, or we dropped off the show because of me, but. Um, they still played but uh yeah songs from the firing squad is mm-hmm. kind of a compilation of all the stuff they've released since then uh so that's what they're kind of touring off of so uh, you can continue if you well I, I was so just they they've now yeah as you said they they had this sort of pretty much threw together everything they had on an album that's on spotify called songs for the firing squad and then now they've come out with uh, this album called The Correlation Between Entrance and Exit Wounds, and it is it is very much a more focused uh, representation of what they're trying to do, and I think it's easier to sort of judge them as, or, you know, g- give, a, give a clear review on them as a band with this. The album cover is exactly what you would imagine it looks like for what the album is called. Uh, the band name also I enjoy because it's from Cowboy Bebop, if anybody is familiar with that yeah. anime, but... Uh, yeah. It's, you know, I I don't know what to think about this album for a lot of reasons. And I am curious because you, you I feel like, could give me a little bit of a different or a better perspective as well because you were involved with a lot of bands coming up at this time. And, like, you, this was they're, – yeah. they're emulating a lot of these bands. And the way that I made a little note for myself that this is essentially this album – sounds like if you right down the middle mash together from autumn to ashes early from autumn to ashes and uh page 99 if if people are listening to page 99 if you just fucking cut those two together you pretty much have sea space cowboy blood brothers and blood brothers as well also blood brothers my fucking my my shit and so everybody needs to step off of blood brothers all right uh, yeah. But anyway, no, you're right. They they do have a lot because it's it's very frantic. It's very mathy. But this is moving into it's, more it's, of the metalcore, yeah, sassy or sasscore. Yeah, the new stuff's more metalcore. Yeah. yeah, and and so here here's here's sort of my my questions about this album is because at face value. I enjoy this because it's fucking hilarious. It makes me feel like it's a different year and it's like it's yeah. over the top at times and like you're very aware of what they're trying to accomplish and they accomplish it very well. Yeah. They they I mean if if you didn't know any better, you'd think that this is the cream of the crop from a band coming out in 2003. But yeah. is that like is that good that they're that they're just rehashing that like are they actually adding anything to music by making this band and this album or is this just like a nostalgia trip gone right i mean what like what what is this yeah i don't know uh because i was i'm in favor of their older stuff compared to this one uh just because i felt like that was something to come out and be and you know repeat this kind of daughters locus mm-hmm. sass core you know white belt kind of stuff play panic chords and everything else like the the shit that you know every every song on that uh, compilation is like you know less than less than two mm-hmm. minutes um closer to the one minute mark i mean that's kind of like that was more like oh when you release that i get what you're doing that's a fun thing to do um you know and you know i get what you're all about i mean the um i appreciate i mean they have really funny song titles yes (laughs) obviously because that's part of the game uh but a lot of the stuff uh they're singing about i mean the singer is transgendered transgendered um her name's connie 
and there's a lot of stuff around that and you know fighting against racism and classism and everything else so like i appreciate the message that they're doing um and it's very 2019 mm-hmm. um and the fact that they're very 2019 and doing a genre that's very early 2000s is like you know big ups. yeah uh, so I appreciate that. So uh, the first thing I heard off this album was they put out that music video for late December. Um, yeah. And I was like, okay, I've already heard from Autumn Nash. Okay. So why yeah. Are you so that, am I crazy <laughs> so, or is that song not literally just the four minute version of uh, fucking Mercury rising? Like, yeah. That's so, so I don't know why they went. I'm not, I don't dislike this, the new album, but like, I did not want them to go metalcore. Like, I, I don't yeah. know why that's, like they don't do it bad, but like it doesn't have the same uh, urgency that the other one does for obvious reasons. And uh, like they came out with like, oh, we're gonna you're gonna be psyched about the thing. And I'm just like, well, no, I've heard metalcore bands. Like that's not this is this is not what I'm looking for. Like I didn't. It feels like you downgraded. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's what they want to do. That's fine. But like it lost some of the appeal and you know mystery about them. Was like, oh, you know they're gonna do crazy stuff and it's got you know cool parts and stuff like that. And there are moments like that on this. It's just like, pull late December off there. Like, I don't want that. It's, yeah, it's like, very, yeah. yeah it, it's sort of jarring that I, I get, I, yeah. I sort of, uh, like I said, I, I understand that that's uh, very like referential to what they're trying to do in a lot of ways, but it, it does feel like it feels too close for comfort to things that I've already heard. And it, it sort of takes yeah. the wind out of all of the other, like, because the other shit yeah, before seemed like it was a joke, but it was uh, the, the locust is a great example of what it was more in the vein of, yeah. of just like this frantic over the top, uh, you know, almost like you know performance art. And now this just literally feels like they're they're focusing too hard on remaking albums that have already been made. Yeah, at that point, yeah, it's just now you're just copying. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not it's not an homage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think, and that's 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 sort of for me where I was at with this is you know when do you cross that line from paying tribute to straight up just like yeah. hey we're just doing this because we know that's what you guys know us for like it, it feels like pandering. Yeah, it does. Like the weird thing about late December too, that single one is the longest on the out, or no, I guess there's one other, uh, but pretty damn mm-hmm. long for one of their songs. And like it goes to that talking part at the beginning, and then it goes to like this like three breakdowns before anything happens yeah. again. I'm like, what? It feels like it. It feels like such a throwaway track. And like, why would you make a single about it? And why? And the video is kind of just stupid too. So I don't know. I, I was disappointed by that. There are good moments, like especially like uh, the ninth tra- or tenth track. The what is it? Dissertation, Dissertation of an idle voice. Of an idol. Yeah, there's some sweet fucking parts in that song, yeah. and and then even the last track. So it's like I feel like there's there's buried moments in here that like speak to their growth as a band. But then there's like two instrumental tracks. I'm like, all right, this is you give me late December, and then there's two tracks that didn't have anything to them, and I'm like, well, this this waste yeah. my time. Like, did you finish the album or not? Exactly. <laughs> so uh, and and you know I think that. Um, I don't know. I, I guess one of the things that I'm wondering then is because with a lot of these bands that they are emulating and paying homage to, if you look at what happened to them over their careers, if they made it past an album, you know, these bands eventually yeah. just became lighter and lighter and lighter until they became yeah. not really resembling what they were. And then that was why. Just radio. Exactly. Basically. And that's why all those bands sort of didn't, they, they all fell off is because none of them knew how yeah. to to properly progress and evolve with the times. I feel like it was just like this one track that they all followed. And so I'm wondering, like, is that part of the overall goal for them that they knew they'd start out super mathy and frantic and it just like, we're slowly going to get, you know, three CU Space Cowboy albums later, they're going to be like straight up like radio pop. I I don't know. And I, I don't want that. It was, it was very fun for me whenever they were just like, 
out of nowhere like this completely fucking buck wild shit you know with with a band yeah. or with song titles like uh you know you don't understand the liquor is calling the shots now randy bobandy and i am yeah. a transcontinental railroad please run a train on me you know it yeah <laughs> like that's like, funny I, I don't get yeah it's, it's lost some of the uniqueness that made them and i don't know i just I, it, it doesn't it's not necessarily a miss I mean, like, because there's good moments. It just feels like a rush to put out an album because we got mm-hmm. signed, which happens with a lot That's of bands. True. You know, you got a tour, you got you got a tour on something. But I wanted more of the, even when they're doing the white belt sass stuff. Like at least they were offering. It's it felt like it felt unique to them. Yes. Like I didn't feel like they were copying anyone necessarily. They were doing something, a genre that had fallen by the wayside and bringing it back in a respectful way. This just seems like you know, generic metalcore from 2003 that they've thrown extra parts into. Like I don't know, just. Something about it doesn't seem genuine, and I don't know what the I don't know if that's me or them, but there's something something that I, I would I will take some tracks off of this and definitely listen to, but I'm gonna go back to songs from the Firing Squad because that's the one I'm like, oh shit, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and honestly, I mean, here's what I'll say, and I, and I don't I think that we sort of you know we, there's not much to say about this because it is so much of what you've already heard, which is is like I said, technically the point in a lot of ways, but um, yeah. I think that the biggest thing i have from this album is like if you listen to this and you like it or maybe you're like oh that's like you know this is sick to hear this again like i just instead just go back and listen to like too bad you're beautiful by from autumn to ashes and just remember that yeah, like, that's all it made me and, and exactly and yeah. i like it literally i did turn on too bad you're beautiful and i turned on early page 99 stuff because i was like i'd rather just listen to this right now and that's fine that there like i said it's good to pay homage i don't think this album hits the mark for me i would even say that i probably don't recommend this because i think if i reckon i could recommend the band to listen to the first album and then i could recommend if you like this album to go listen to the other stuff we've talked about yeah i mean it's make make up your mind on that but yeah it's i don't know just i felt like i was listening to something more unique before yes absolutely and this doesn't feel as unique, no. so I don't. And I, I just it's a bummer because of all the hype around it with the, you know, oh we're gonna do the thing, you know, get ready for the thing. You're gonna. It's always the thing. We're gonna make it happen, and then I'm like, what the fuck? And then you hit me with this late December crap, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, I've heard yeah. that song. Like I said, it's <laughs> it is like, track four on Too Bad You're Beautiful called Mercury Rising, and it yeah. was right into Cape Side Rock, and it rules. Yeah yeah so like i don't i didn't need that repeat so I mean, they're young they'll figure yeah. it out whatever i mean and, and i guess uh, i think that it's it's at the very least it's interesting that um they're they're finding ways to make that music more relevant again regardless of how it kind of turns out like that's great make make that stuff uh maybe get a little bit more of the do that it should some of the older stuff that's good but um this album just it's not really for me i wish it would have i wish it would have really surprised the fuck out of me and it it did not yeah yeah so you know burn it to the ground (laughs) well that 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 wraps us up on our on our releases this week uh and like i said this was these were some fun ones to talk about because i think they were for the most part things that uh for for me mainly they were things that either i wasn't as uh well versed in or things that i 100 percent wouldn't have listened to otherwise and um it raised a lot of interesting questions for me so i hope you as the listener you've enjoyed and uh go listen to a lot of these albums because uh, yeah you know for for better or for worse most of them are thought-provoking in one way or another um and as i said if you 
you, you know, if you're about to go have a confrontation with your boss or something, you know, turn on Kubla Khan and we'll, we'll get you, we'll get you that raise you wanted, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what that's for. Yeah. But, uh, that, that'll about do it. I, I, in the course of this episode, I have added a lot of music to our new playlist. So if you are not currently following the audio files playlist on Spotify, go do that now uh you can just search as i said the audio files playlist you will find it and it is now up to almost 200 songs i added a bunch of new shit on there today um and even some of the stuff that we mentioned just in passing like i threw some adventures on there uh there's some camp cope on there as well um lots and lots of good stuff to listen to so go check that out follow us on there uh and then be sure if you haven't already on Spotify itself or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Be sure to follow us. If you can leave a rating, please do that. Um, Share it with your friends. Do whatever you got to do. And uh, this week, we may have had some opinions that you didn't like or maybe you're curious about learning more. So please call us, text us, do what you you got to do. Uh, As Griffin said in his latest Instagram post on his personal page, direct all hate to me. I will take it. I will breathe life into it. Um, Yeah, so so thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, And as I said, we're, we're switching to the every two weeks format for right now um and we're we're counting or we're wrapping up the year i know there's a few more albums coming out that we will be listening to um, there's gonna be a norma jean album at the end of the month that's, what, that's literally what i was about to say is that norma is jean my guy out. i think it's next week yeah, yeah that's so. true it is we'll probably, it's already we'll the 16th so uh yes i'm pretty i'm pretty psyched about that i am one. i don't know why I've, i haven't been a norma jean fan in years but i've been watching some they've put some hype who's the producer that they went with that fucking was it will putney yeah, yeah, I thought it was well played. They put a, they put up a video of them in the studio recording like an instrumental. Anyway, it's it sounds sick. We'll talk yes. about it later. But so that's uh, coming up. I'm actually actually yeah. There's up. there's a few others that I had that I that are escaping me right now. But we're we're winding down the year of releases. There's also going to be in early November. Uh, actually, wow, not the band. Uh, in the actual month, uh, early November, there's going to be the new Stray from the Path album. And uh, oh, yeah, probably, there's going to yeah. be a Counterparts album coming out soon. So there, there's lots of, oh, of random stuff like that coming yeah. up. And then we'll be wrapping up the year with our uh, top albums. And that's really what I'm getting excited for now. So stick with us and uh, we'll be happy to, you know, keep talking about all your favorite shit. All righty, guys. Well, uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you all next episode. Bye-bye.